Welcome back here to Nerds from the Crypt, the podcast that reviews your favorite and sometimes not so favorite horror movies, TV shows, uh, sometimes books, and uh, definitely we do go over some comic books at times. And um, we're back. We're gonna. We've taken a uh, bit of a bit of a, a rest at the, uh, especially at the end of uh, 2020. It's been, you know, well, I don't think I have to explain 2020 to anybody. Um, it's definitely been one of those one of those times. Um, COVID did take a, a toll on on uh, personal life, and I just want to go ahead and just thank everybody who's just hung in there and who's um, reached out to to uh, to myself and. Uh, and um, asked how we were doing and all. So I want to go ahead and say thank you to all. And, um, well, we're going to be doing a uh, brand new show today with um, Chris and Patrick. You guys might remember them a couple of times. Um, we've uh, talked about Discordia. And uh, we're going to be talking, a catch up with them and uh, talk about the episode we recorded that has yet to come out and, um, and so forth. Uh, but as always, Greg and David are with me today here on In the Crypt. Hello. That's right. Don't do not be do not be shy, Greg. Hello. It's been a while. (laughs) It's been a while. So how's everybody doing today? It's good. 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 Um, Patrick, you awake? Yeah, man, barely. (laughs) And I'm uh, I'm wondering when our title changes from. Frequent guest to sometimes hosts. I feel like we. I feel like we're on here a lot. Yeah. Well, you've been here. You've been on the show more times to record than it's actually been uh, released now. But uh... <laughs> which is kind of a cool fact. What about. Yeah, but, do we do we upgrade a friend of show at this point? Is that? Oh, yeah, you're you're we're gonna lock you in the crypt. So. <laughs> we get this punch card, so yeah. I mean you're getting pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> well, Flyer miles. After ten episodes, you get free coffee. Yeah. Oh, okay, excellent. Right. But we... not from us. You have to get that from somewhere else. Oh, oh yeah. All right. Right. I thought I had to fly to Texas. Outsourced for free coffee. <laughs> no, you don't want to fly. To, you don't want to fly to Texas. You can fly away from us, remember? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, let's catch up with uh, Chris and Patrick. Um, I mean, we just talked to you a couple of months ago, and that episode hasn't released, and we'll get to what's going on with those episodes. But uh, what's up with you guys? Oh, man. Well, Patrick just finished the winter special. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Winter special's done, which is what we talked about last time. I'm, I'm cruising away on our Make 100. Um. Yeah, so we're just doing those are both of which are um, subsequent Discordia books. Uh, so before we we jump into those, um, I just wanted to like I said, like I've mentioned, uh, we did record a couple episodes a couple of months ago, um, where Chris and Patrick were talking about their upcoming Kickstarter at that time, and um, it actually was funded and it went through, and they're working on getting that out. But uh, those are good, those are actually Christmas episodes that we're going to be releasing. Um, here late, uh, like I said, 2020 at the end of the year, especially just uh, took a, a pretty big dump on. on <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so we're we're going to be uh, releasing those late. Uh, I 
kind of pondered maybe probably not releasing them until next Christmas, but you know, um, next Christmas I want to record some more Christmas movies. Drop so them in July. This year, 2021, you're going to have eight Christmas episodes, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, four in, in, in March and April, and then four hopefully in December. Um, so we'll, you'll be, we'll be releasing those here shortly. Um, do want to give some updates here on some past guests that have been on the on the show. Uh, another friend of the crypt here, Casey Boker, has um, released the uh, Kickstarter for Hollowed Issue 3. Uh, we'll go ahead and, and um, put the link in the description here so you guys can go out there and back the, uh, the Kickstarter. If you have not read any of those issues, it's a good way to go ahead and get all three issues for those. And um, I'll leave that description to the episodes where Casey has uh, been with us, not only to talk about the the uh, project, but also some reviews that he's done with us. Also, we had Jason uh, Gonzalez who joined us here to talk about his book, the uh, La Mano del Destino. That's the Lucha Libre comic book that had a, like a Faustian deal, and uh, he has to get, get gain revenge. That was set to come out and be delivered to everybody uh, here already, but you know, once again, COVID did delay a lot of shipping and all that. But on the upside, Image actually has picked up the book and will be releasing it through through um, through Image, the English version at least. Um, it can be ordered right now through local comic shops as well as Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and Walmart. And you can actually get it from Diamond Previews using MAR. Well, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and leave because <laughs> it's, it's a long number. I don't want to mess it up. But I'll go ahead and leave that number um, in the description of this episode to see if you want to go ahead and reach out to that. Thanks. All right, guys. Cool. Um, yeah, that's awesome. A lot of yeah, updates. Yeah. <laughs> um, any anything in the news lately that, or anything, any movies or anything like that that has uh, been announced here as far as horror horror wise that you guys want to talk about real quick? I do have the the Dexter news. Uh, Dexter is coming back for Showtime. Sure. I think we had talked about it before we took a break, but um, it is going to be a, I guess a revival. It's not a reboot. It's a revival, um, and it's going to take place in the years that we've missed. Uh, or at least show us what he's been doing in the meantime since the season finale, the series finale, the first season series finale, and since the, uh, since the hurricane, and he went he went to go live with uh, with all you all in the in the wilderness, cutting people and cutting trees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, so he, we're gonna be we're gonna be able to see all that. And um, I've recently started watching Clarice. Uh, has anybody oh. seen that? Is yes. it? Yes. No. You guys like it? Yeah. I like it so far. My wife likes it too. Uh, she's not. She's not the the big horror fan like, like I am. Okay. Um, okay. I, I mean, it's 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 in, it's a it's kind of like more of a procedural kind of show, but using the characters from from uh, Silence of the Lambs. Mm. Yeah, I'm a big Silence of the Lambs uh, fan, but I wasn't sure. I had heard kind of mixed stuff so far. No, I, I actually enjoyed it. It it wasn't. I can't say that was the best uh, pilot episode. Uh, we watched the second episode. Um, that one. Uh, is is still is still good, and uh, hopefully it continues. Um, I'm not saying it's the greatest, guys, but uh, you know it, I, it was enjoyable, <laughs> very very much enjoyable. I'm cool. enjoying it too. I'll yeah, check it out. Um, we do have the um, I don't know. Does uh, Mortal Kombat come considered as horror? I mean, kind of more fantasy, right? I mean, there's there's 
Yeah. Didn't you know, know all the, the murder deaths? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's the gore. Yeah. Fatality. I mean, if it was happening um, in real life, it'd be pretty horrific. So. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in real life is pretty much horror right now. So. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. Conjuring three, yeah, especially in Texas. Yikes. Uh, who, who was saying about Conjuring? Conjuring three, I think. Comes Chris. HBO Max. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you guys don't don't have HBO Max, um. I mean, I guess at least for this year, it would be the best way to watch all those new movies you might not be able to watch um, in theaters. Tom and Jerry just came out. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how that one is. <laughs> we'll see how that one comes out because lately, oh crap, my mic just fell on me. Oh no. <laughs> it's a little drunk. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm. I'm I'm blanking right now. I didn't. I didn't take into. I was not gonna do the the whole horror news kind of thing intro, but uh, kind of just decided to throw that in there. But uh, yeah, let's talk about what we're gonna be doing today in this episode. We're gonna be doing the four episodes of Tales from the Crypt. We've done this uh, four more, four times before, and um, every single time I keep hearing that uh, not only from our guests that are doing. I mean, Chris and Patrick now have done half of these now. Oh my uh, goodness! <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, also from, from just. Listeners, I, I do hear that uh, they do enjoy these. We're going to be doing, uh, like I said, four episodes from season two. Last time we uh, did the uh, we did the sacrifice for crying out loud, foresighted triangle, and the ventriloquist dummy. Um, we are now going to be doing. We're going to start with the episode Judy, you are not yourself today, season two, episode eleven, and um, we're going to let go ahead and let Greg uh, take over. The, uh, the podcast to let us know what this episode is all about. All right. Um, so, Judy, you're not yourself today. Uh, we have we have a fantastic cast, but we have a director, Randa Haynes, uh, writer Stephen Dodd as creator, and uh, Scott and Pro screenplay uh, stars Francis Bay, Carol Kane, and Brian Karen. All names that you know and you've seen on things before. Uh, so, Francis Bay. Uh, is is everyone's favorite grandma from Happy Gilmore. Carol Kane <laughs> is the most fantastic ghost from Scrooged and almost every great 80s mom uh, from 80s movies. Uh, so so you've got you've got them and then Brian Carwin uh, as Donald. Uh, he is um, He's, he's kind of always in the background from many, many TV shows and other things like that. But in this, in this episode, uh, Carol playing Judy and Brian playing Donald uh, are a married couple who have a very unique relationship. Uh, they bring uh, role playing, uh, if you will, to the forefront of everything. Uh, they, they have affected accents. They carry around, carry on in such a manner to uh, to accentuate their daily lives, even if they are may, uh, it, it just it they are they are over the top one hundred percent. Brian with his guns, <laughs> or, oh, or Donald with his guns, and uh, you would think Donald is like a big game hunter or something. Oh yeah, um, he he has that effect. I mean, and 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 uh, and Judy with her with her, it she has all of the plates. All of the plates, all the chashkis. This is, this is why uh, Greg chose this episode. I, I the hutch, very much. A I mean, oh my gosh, that that is such a good looking hutch. They have great dining ware. I mean, it is it is fantastic. 
Um, she all she wants to do is have a nice breakfast, sit down and talk with him. He wants to run off to the gun range. He's you know he brings his shotgun everywhere, and their nice little breakfast, their nice little their nice little moment uh, with their affected English accents and, and everything is totally disrupted by none other than Eugene, who uh, who wants to talk to them about what getting rid of guns and that is just not happening because uh uh you know donald just doesn't want to have any of that so he's off to the gun range after uh, basically like kicking uh eugene off the property yeah i think this episode took place in texas yeah it probably (laughs) (laughs) and uh leaving leaving uh poor poor judy off to her own devices and that's when there's a knock at the door now there is this this thing where uh donald kind of says you know don't don't trust anybody that knocks the door, but uh, he doesn't. We don't really get a reason as to why. Um, I'm guessing. I'm guessing Judy is one of these uh, people who just buys things from door-to-door salesmen. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> I, looking around their house, I'm assuming so. And the fact that she's, you know, she just she she would definitely buy essential oils. Oh yeah, or yeah, she she definitely. I think she's just starving for just some attention. So anyone that comes to the door probably is gonna gonna get a little bit of that attention and maybe a little bit of that wallet, <laughs> you know. So so here comes here comes a knock, and here comes a nice old lady. And you know what's crazy is, I mean, I have to say, and I, I'm sure if anybody's if anybody watches this episode, you're gonna see Francis Bay. And this episode is like you know late late 80s but francis bay i don't think ever she always looked like a grandma to me (laughs) like in every age i know she well she she aged and then she never aged again yeah Yeah. she was just always that age (laughs) but uh so she shows up and she's she's this uh she's a door to sale source door to door saleswoman and uh she's selling cosmetics and these are cosmetics that if you don't if you never heard of them then i don't know if i can tell it's a very select market it's a very select group of people that she sells to she can't really sell them to you but you know no no judy really has to know you know what it remind me of what's that? Um, in Super Troopers? Whereas, like, what's a ZJ? If you don't know what a ZJ is, you can't afford it. <laughs> it's so funny, though, because she, she showed up on the door and, like, was trying to sell them. And then she's like, oh, no, you're, you know, they're too fancy for you. Like, she just baits her in. Yeah, that she totally didn't show up on the door to sell her. You can't, you can't have this. You can't, no. You never get this. It's too too good for you, and uh, so finally, like they, you know, over over some discussion, she she kindly she kind of okay, reluctantly uh, gives over the goods, if you will, at, or 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 starts to talk about it, and uh, then there's the the uh, discussion about this necklace, and you know, a younger woman might actually like this one, and uh, presto, change your swaparoo. There's a there's a necklace uh, pulled off of a off of a off an older woman's neck and placed on a younger woman's neck and well that's where the story begins I mean really <laughs> <laughs> and it just gets weirder from there um, because oh, yeah, there's, a, there's a, a Freaky Friday uh, yeah. a purposely freakish Freaky Friday kind of thing going on here let me jump in real quick and ask you guys what did y'all think of the direction of this episode. I, I mean, I guess we could talk about it at the end. Like, I like the episode as a whole, but I thought that the uh, the direction of like the body swapping scenes, which are 
somewhat frequent i think it happens three times was a little too cheesy this one had a lot of camp to it um uh, which worked for me but i felt like the times when it was trying to be serious it it didn't it didn't quite pull that off maybe i'll always uh i've, I've said it in the past episodes that i really like comedic elements in the in these especially in Tales of the Crypt. I mean Tales of the Crypt is is um not always meant to be taken seriously. A lot of the times what we will watch will either be campy or it'll be super serious and, and, and it's effective either way it goes. Uh, for me this one was way too campy though. Um <laughs> uh, to take seriously. I mean and you know what maybe it was just the music though that was playing in the background. <laughs> maybe it was that. Maybe maybe that's all it took. Um but yeah. uh I, not that I, not that I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind this story. It's just, it's just that little element there that kind of like re- re- stops me from watching it again. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, Judy and Donald are just like over the top absurd characters too. Like there's a lot of, you know, campy, goofy characters in Tales from the Crypt, but both of them are just like such over the top caricatures. Oh yeah. I mean, like I get what they were going for making fun of like the hardcore gun nut, but he was he was so far beyond that it was like he was he I don't know, it was part of their role play or something. He was like aroused by handling his gun to an uncomfortable <laughs> level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then when he actually gets to use it, he he doesn't use it well. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he like start like, like what the heck did I do? I and then like. finally he's like, yeah, yeah. He, he kind of like uh, what's it called? Kind of not knowing what he's doing. Kind of like I felt like I was gonna cry, but then he's like, oh my god, I feel so alive. Yeah, um, <laughs> he was shooting everywhere. I don't. I didn't even see how he hit. Well, you, you'll get there, but I don't see how he hit her. Like <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I feel like he only shot the floor and the ceiling, but. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Okay, uh, Greg, go ahead and, and take us to the end of the story. All right. So, uh, so as we were discussing, there's a there's a few different body swaps and changes and stuff like that. Donald realizes that uh, that the woman that he comes home to is is not his wife. Uh, well, not his wife's body, so to speak. It is this aged woman who he's never seen before. She claims to be his wife. They go through this whole entire discussion. She only knowing things that his wife would know him thinking very quick locks her in a closet because you know, that's what you do when you have a stranger in your house, you just lock them in a closet. That's what I do all the time. I'm like, Oh, you weirdo lock you in a closet prison, mint in prison. So, uh, his friend calls and he's like, your wife's down here. She's Judy's just not acting like herself today. And, uh, she's at the train station. So he hightails it down there, uh, gives some surveillance, checks her out. And he's like, um, okay. Uh, yeah, she's not herself. And and tells her, I I know why you're running away. You got cancer, and you just, you can't live with it. <laughs> and that's when, again, presto changeo, the witch is like, no, I want my body back. And uh, then he has his wife again. But then now oh, there's this witch in the house. So how do you get rid of a witch? You got to use your guns. <laughs> <laughs> And as we discussed, he's not good with them. He sucks. I mean, he is like can't even hit a broadside of a barn. But uh, I don't even think he looks at looks at the gun when he's aiming. No, I think he just starts. He kind of closes his eyes and yeah, just like shoots everywhere. But she's in a closet, (laughs) right? At least at the closet door. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I was I, expecting like him to like just unload at the door and have it be like all over the top crazy, you know, diehard, dirty Harry type thing. And instead it's just in the floor, in the ceiling, at his wife. <laughs> did he have a shotgun in the beginning? Yeah, he did. And then why he's got he, a handgun. Why wouldn't you use a shotgun? Because he's got a lot of guns. <laughs> And if you don't use all the guns you have, then what's the point of having them? <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, Come on. Got to get your variety in there. I yeah. use all my guns every day. Okay. Good to know. Well, you're in Texas. <laughs> it's, yeah, That's how we, we use guns to power our cars. You, know <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you just <laughs> shove them in the gas tank and go. <laughs> it's like a you're electric actually car. actually obligated to use them all every day. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, when you cross the border into Texas, they give you two, two handguns. <laughs> two handguns. Here you go. So... <laughs> I, the the two things that I learned from from this uh, as as we're moving through is like one you know gun controls are important and two also having a basement with a dirt floor is very important. My basement has a concrete floor, not good for the next scene because if you want to hide a body in your basement, you need a dirt floor. Uh, so he digs a giant hole in his in his dirt floor basement, which is very convenient, and buries dead witch in the bottom of the basement. Um, but that damn amulet just keeps popping back up and, and, and his wife, Judy just keeps wanting that amulet and it's calling to her. So, you know, he, he locks it up thinking that's going to keep everybody safe, but it's a siren's call, isn't it? Isn't it? She wakes up. It's just Judy. It's just Judy. She's, she, she doesn't know. She just can't help herself. She likes, she likes to feel the look of the amulet. Well, there you go. She she puts it back on and presto changeo. Witcheroo. She's a witch again. A dead one in the basement. And who's who's in bed with the who 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 is now with, with Donald? The, the not dead witch? Yeah. Oh, what a mess. I think that the the uh the makeup for the, the, the dead witch is not that bad. Yeah. Um it's uh I think the the makeup for <laughs> Everything else is actually a little bit worse. Um, <laughs> How did she but, get out of the hole in the ground so quickly? She's got yeah, dead witch. I had that. I, yeah, I guess. So zombies, zombies always do that. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. It's true. He didn't pack the dirt down enough. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, loose topsoil. She just I'm spat sure, Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't know how to use a shovel either. <laughs> yeah, so that's fair. Based on his, really his competency with everything else. <laughs> yeah, it's super shallow grave. <laughs> so I forgot how this one ends. It does. Um, he shoots the, the 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 witch now in the in the in Judy's body, right? Yes. Right. And then she shoots back into the witch's body. And now they're all yeah. dead. Yeah. Right. Is that how it ends? He ends up with two dead ladies. Yeah. Well, they, they one dead lady swap after he shoots Judy's body. So then Judy gets her body back right as she's bleeding out. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. I yeah. I was kind of confused about that though, right? Because he had already shot the witch's body. So why was the witch's like body? alive to begin with yeah. okay if i have to explain magic to you all i don't even okay. know why you're on the okay. podcast okay? okay this is a magical thing she's a witch she's a creature of magic and magic has a bunch of different things that happens and if you don't understand how and why it works then you don't even deserve an amulet in magic no i mean i i'm just not chilling <laughs> I, I get that but then why did she try to Get back into Judy's body. Why didn't the you know? You're right. She was trying to escape. She was trying to. She was trying to like silently leave in the night. 
like, yeah, in Judy's body. And then when he got she got caught and got shot, she's like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna go back to this rotting corpse of a body. Yeah, my body. Yeah, yeah. I guess, but I, yeah, okay, that's right. <laughs> I mean, so that's, definitely what, corpse, that's definitely what happened. I just don't know why. At least the rotting corpse can move around. <laughs> right. And yeah. That's the thing I just don't get is like why the rotting corpse didn't just get up and leave if she obviously was still alive. Or, I don't know. I no. I think I, I think it got up and left as soon as the the body switch happened. So, oh you yeah. Think? I mean, it, it makes it makes sense that that if the body can move around with Judy in it, why not with the witch in it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. She just had to go find another another maybe sucker. It's, maybe it's yeah. the amulet. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe she was like conscious the whole time. She was just lying in wait, so she let herself get buried. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Yeah, she played possum. Well, (gasps) at the same time, like we were saying, he was a horrible shot. Maybe she was playing dead the whole time. Like she never even got hit once, and he's (laughs) too incompetent to check for a bullet hole. And then, since she was waiting there for what is it, six months now? In the the three months, she's a cosmetic salesperson, so she just used all the cosmetics while she was in the hole. She did pita. Some squibs. She just popped some blood caps. The whole Hunger, yeah. Hunger Games yeah. Peter thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there you go. So this story is actually based on H.P. Lovecraft's The Thing on the Doorstep, uh, and I have not read that story, but from what oh, I hear, it's not one of, dis- one of not one of his best ones. That's disappointing. <laughs> I like I, that one, I, and I, I like didn't pick too. up on that at all. Oh really? Yeah. When I was reading on when I was reading about it, I heard people say that they were not. It was not their their favorite one. I think I that like pretty it. good. I mean, it's yeah, it's not one of the most popular ones, I guess, but yeah. Okay, no, make this one. It's got a little darker undertone because the body hopping has been happening for a long time, and it's like uh, an old man that is in the body of the dude's mm-hmm. wife because you know she got her soul swapped with her grandpa or whatever, um, or whatever he is. Yeah, I don't so remember, he could but, like live forever. Right, but he's been doing this for generations yeah. to his family, and it's like way more twisted and has this weird sexual undertone with the grandpa Dark. taking over the wife. I actually, it's it's one that I like um, quite a bit, but I do I like not, that one too. Yeah, I don't feel like this story or the or the tales from the uh, crypt comic that we <laughs> that this one was based on captured that feel at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the no. oh, I, yeah, I hadn't even said it. Yet. We're we're gonna be looking at also comparing it to the comic book that that it was um, a comic story that it was that it was inspired um, from. Um, Greg, would well, let's let's ask Greg. What did you think of the of the story in the comic book? I was impressed that they pulled thirty minutes <laughs> out of those seven pages. Was it seven pages? I feel like I was only like four Five. pages. Four pages. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was I was generous. I I was surprised. Because um, I, I think a lot of it was in the characters, in the in the over the topness that you were getting uh, in their character play uh, between each other and stuff like that. The, the development. Uh, I thought that the comic was was overall. Um, I, I like the look and and everything of it. Uh, I think the quickness that it delivered was uh, through story. Uh, boom, boom, Surprise. boom. It was surprisingly very faithful to the yeah. comic. Yeah, it was boom, boom, boom right there. Uh, overall, I know that they have, you know, they have runtime to to hit for the the show, uh, so that's why we got some stuff that just seemed a little uh, why. But you know, overall, I 
I, I enjoyed the episode. I thought their over the topness was zany and wacky. Uh, I do goofy things at home all the time. I don't run around with guns, of course, but you know, I, I, I try to have tea parties and other things like that for, you know, whatever reason. For your ghost. <laughs> huh? What? For, for your ghost. Yeah, exactly. Dude, don't even get me going. <laughs> <laughs> and then I try to invite people into the house and they don't want to come over. I mean, I understand COVID and everything like that, but I mean, whenever, you know, they come to the door and I'm like, why are you here? Do you have an amulet to sell? <laughs> the, uh, one, the comic is very, very um, in its time with the way that the the man talks to the woman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like mm. you stupid woman, just stop answering the door and just stay locked in the house while I go work. That's, that's pretty much what it says. Yeah, I feel like that's a very EC Comics thing for how progressive yeah. they were on like race issues and a lot of other stuff where they were real trailblazers. The the male female relations are not the best. Um, well, was that done on purpose, or was that also part of the like they're making fun of the way that um, comics were at the time, and or at least the, the world was at the time? I, I, I wonder what what it is on yeah, that. And if it, really if it is the way they, they they thought, or if it was, I that huh? I I don't know because they were pretty they were pretty good on other fronts, so it's hard to it's hard to say with that, but. Uh, I liked how yeah, without them, without asking, yeah, right? I, I like how faithful it was. I think um, there was some inconsistencies with the husband's character because, for being like such an incompetent dumbass, he was really quick on his feet when he like, okay, there's a witch in my wife's body, mm-hmm. and then he sees somebody reading a newspaper about cancer, and he's like, oh, you have cancer. Like he was really quick on the draw <laughs> when it came to uh, yeah tricking her, and then just kind of sucked at everything else, but that's because in the comic he wasn't incompetent at all. I didn't feel like, and they were trying to Mm -mm. be faithful to the plot, but they added their own flavor to the characterization. And those two things didn't always mesh. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. That part actually really confused me. I thought that I had missed something and that they, that she actually did have cancer and that had been like dropped earlier and I had missed it. Because he just so seamlessly, like, like he tricked me. I wasn't paying enough attention to notice. Well, That's a like, way to admit it. In the comic book, he tells her, like, I need, if this is going to work, I need you to get into the into the closet. In the in the story, in the TV series, he's like, all right, get your coat. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even give her a reason for what he's doing. Trickery! He's just hedging his bets in case she's not a witch and his, or his wife in a witch's body. He's like, all right. Crazy person's in here. It's either my wife or it's not. We'll we'll sort that out later. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll find the body. How much do you guys think that this was just like an excuse to talk about uh, like gun control? <laughs> just a just a titch, just a little maybe. I mean, it was a like they name dropped the NRA like felt like six times or something. And she's the top dying. What's, what's the NRA handbook say about this? Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, <what>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, what does it say? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. Uh, it made me sad. It feels bad then. Yeah. <laughs> Big sad. Oh. Okay, let's go, let's go ahead and jump to the next episode. We're going to be talking about episode two. Um, I'm sorry, season two, episode 12, uh, Fitting Punishment from 1990. Mm. And uh, 
This one was uh, directed by Jack Shoulder, um, written by Stephen Dodd. Um, and, well, he was the creator, I guess. The screenplay was Jonathan Kahn. Um, Moses Gunn, John Clare, and Teddy Wilson uh, all uh, started this one. This is the only episode that is fully um, made from, uh, well, uh, the cast is fully um, African-American. Um, so that's one one thing that this episode has for it. <laughs> I, this is I remember seeing this when I was a kid and I I just it it stayed in my in my in my head this whole time and it um well, well let's talk about it and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll uh, dissect it later <laughs> later. Um so this episode starts off with Ezra Thornberry. We see him being this stingy funeral home. He gets the um his nephew come in and um what's the name what's his name bobby um come live with him because his mother and father died in a car crash and now he's the only living relative that is that is left so he's going to live with them of course ezra is so tight with money and with uh, with everything that he says like you know i don't have money to give you food or whatever and bobby says you know what? don't worry I'll, I'll work uh for you and um, i'll pay for my my own no living arrangement here with you uh, Bobby later finds out that uh, Ezra is not the best person um, when it comes to, or the most ethical person when it comes to burying and uh, taking care of the dead in, in the city. He uh, takes their gold. He takes the rings, their teeth. Um, this guy is a scumbag. Um, I think we've seen, I mean, there's other shows that kind of have this kind of, uh, this character, right? Uh, when I first saw this, I, th- I actually thought this was going to be more of the, that, um, I don't know what y'all. I don't know what story y'all have heard, but um, something like the the big toe in in um, in scary stories to tell in the dark, or okay, yeah. the the one. I don't know if y'all heard of the one with the liver, where the where the guy takes the the lady the old lady's liver, the the wife takes the old lady's liver mm. and comes back to get him. Um, or the there I think it's gold as well. Some sometimes one uh, funeral director takes the gold and the the body comes back to get it. Oh, wow. This is not that story particularly. <laughs> Um, this is more of Bobby just, you know, taking taking and seeing everything that's going on. He instead of in, embalming the corpses, he just fills them with water, um, and he cheaps out on the caskets. He cheaps out on everything. Everything he can cheap out on, he, he goes and does. He gets like five foot six coffins, <laughs> um, which I mean, yeah, I, I think it, for me, I, I mean, I would barely uh, fit in that, even though um, I am a little short, but. You know, Bobby doesn't is not liking it, but he has to. You know, he has to go with run with punches. Uh, finally, uh, Ezra gets so upset with Bobby that he hits him with the crowbar, ends up paralyzing him uh, because Ezra thinks that he ordered the wrong coffin or so forth. But we all heard him say the right thing, right, you guys? Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, Ezra is so upset with Bobby because Bobby can't do even the simple things now because he's paralyzed. He's instead of having a wheelchair, he has these two crutches and um, trying to go up and down the stairs. And now he can't really do much. Uh, he ends up killing him um, and putting him in that short casket, that five foot six casket, and he notices that the casket is too small for for poor Bobby. And um, what does he do? He just takes a hacksaw and chops off his legs and um, buries the legs with them. Very casually, I might add. He's just like, huh. I'm not going to go. Oh, this is not going to go to waste. 
Yeah. Oh, he, he doesn't use a hacksaw. He uses a he uses a power saw. A simple solution. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> modern problems require modern solutions. Well, you know how they say you, you measure twice, cut once. <laughs> uh, I love that's just like hanging around too. So he's probably done that before. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure he has. Yeah. Uh, well, he did get these freaking um, coffins. He got a bunch of them made from Taiwan instead of instead of like China or something like that, because um, they're make cause they're they're shorter there, so they don't have to make them as tall and they cost less with pine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. Um, well, of course, like in your typical uh, Tales from the Crypt um, story, um, the body comes back to get him, and <laughs> he gets kicked to the floor by by Bobby's feet sawed off feet and then bobby comes down in his crutches um and i takes his revenge gets gives him his fitting punishment i guess um so what did y'all think of this story i liked it i think this is my favorite of the four yeah and uh as the crypt keeper as the crypt keeper says he got a nasty case of athlete's foot (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah What, what do you guys what do you think though would it I almost feel like it would have been better just without the feet bit. <laughs> it, yes, yeah, no, like, no, definitely because the feet it looked like they were just throwing them at him, like the the production assistants yeah. were just throwing feet at him, <laughs> which yeah. was kind of fun. But the the part where he like the the ghost or zombie or whatever is like walking on crutches without feet is actually was pretty spooky. That was like a pretty good yeah. image. But then yeah, it was kind of. You know, deflated a little bit by this absolutely comical bit of the the two Air Jordans hitting him right in the chasing him down the stairs. It felt like a twisted Air Jordan. Yeah, just like kicking like, him. All right, we need to sell some Jordans right now. <laughs> yeah. I I just have to say I'm confused though because his uncle Ezra sold the Air Jordans. So how did he get the Air Jordans back? It's magic ghost of Air Jordans. Magic, Greg. There's an amulet somewhere. Amulet! <laughs> you got me. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so, quick trivia here Don Mancini uh, from Child's Play. Mm-hmm. He actually helped co write this gameplay. Oh, I thought you were going to say he played the feet. That's funny. Yeah, I I like this one a lot. I, so maybe I that's it why it had to better. be feet. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I liked it better than the comic. Um, I think it handled the ghost coming back revenge part a little better. Uh, in the in the comic, it's just like feet th- are thrown at his door, and then the ghost shows up, which I did not think was. I thought that was worse than the Air Jordans kicking the guy down the stairs, but I don't know, maybe that's just me. Yeah, because it was just feet wrapped in, in like, uh, like they're like mummified feet. That's what it looked like. Yeah, yeah. So he 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 definitely after chopping them up, he he wrapped them and threw them in the in the casket with him. Yeah. Well, actually, I don't know because when. When he finds the feet in the comic, he's like, "Oh no, someone knows what I did." <laughs> right? <laughs> someone trying to get me, uh, and they're throwing yeah, the feet at me. Yeah, that's like kind of an know. added layer of suspense there. This one, that one was a little bit longer. Wait, oh, well, not way longer, but a little bit longer than the Judy episode or Judy comic. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it it still remains pretty faithful. Um, 
other than changing, you know, to the whole cast being um, African American, it it stays pretty faithful to the to the actual comic book for the most part. Except that there's no Air Jordans in the comic book. <laughs> yeah, it did a good job of like weird. modernizing it because in the comic, it's he's like an old old fashioned Undertaker. But uh, I liked the the. <laughs> liked air quotes i like the uh the crowbar beating better than in the comic he just like swings a hammer and somehow hits the guy right in the spine enough to paralyze him with one like normal hammer hit which was i was like eh, come on tales from the crypt guys that's a little that's a <laughs> that's a little hard to believe but uh <laughs> the crowbar beating was like really messed up and and i could see out him like yeah quite a bit. Yeah, yeah like okay he's paralyzed it wasn't just like swinging a hammer at him and somehow i you know happened to get super lucky and paralyze you i don't know that i think i think it did a good job of taking the yeah, story and building death in the... i also think that ezra in the in this in the um episode is uh, a lot more uh, a lot more of a villain I mean, not not to say that the one in the comic is not, you know, he he, he does the the same thing where he takes the gold and takes the stuff from, and cheap, you know, he uses the cheaper material for the coffin. But we have the added bonus of seeing how he um, saves money with the actual body itself. It's not like he's taking care of the bodies; no. he's just filling them with water and and doing whatever any shortcut that he can take to to go ahead and, and so uh, nasty too. The idea, yeah, of, yeah, yikes. <laughs> Oh yeah, and he's just like I can smell them already. Shut that coffin because they're just decomposing. <laughs> yeah. it's, so gross. it's like, how are they not going to notice that guy? What are you doing? Well, I mean, if it's the next day, maybe he can get away with it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't Tell know. seven day wakes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, anything else that you guys want to talk about this one? No, I. I it does have the the classic. That classic line of such a short coffin for such a tall boy was like, I, when I heard yeah, it, I was like, that was really it. good. Yeah, yeah that yeah. was good. That was a good line. Yeah, people people noticed. And I'm, I'm, like I said, people probably already kind of knew in the background, like, something's, something's up with this guy. Yeah. I like that they, uh, they um, gave the stereotype of the small business tyrant um, <laughs> an actual murderous... Uh, Murderous streak. Now the the um, I forgot his name. The the other guy, that one that quits because he's like I've seen a lot of stuff the <laughs> uh, going on here. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. The organist. Yeah. Is that is that the, right? The organist. Yeah. Yeah. The he he's stood by him doing all his stuff, but then uh, it's this particular incident that makes him quit. It's like, I know he didn't fall down the stairs or whatever. Um, but how much other sleazy things have you, this guy seen and he's just okay with it? And then Ezra's like, get out of here, you pervert. <laughs> <laughs> they both got dirt on each other. <laughs> yeah. like, we saw, yeah, I guess he, 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 uh, bodies, he exposed them. Yeah. <laughs> exposed? <laughs> he exposed them. <laughs> Every t- every story has two sides. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't I don't have much more yeah, to talk about. Like say you didn't want to know, I really liked it. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, uh, no, not much more to talk about for this one, but I, I really enjoyed this episode. So the third episode we're going to be talking about is uh, season uh, two, episode thirteen, and um, Chris and Patrick are going to uh, talk about this one. Well, since it's a comic right, artist, I think you right. should uh, so- you should run this one. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, cool. So we got uh, Corman's Calamity, which is about a, uh, a kind of sad comic book artist who has a very, um, I guess, overbearing um, and a little bit combative, or more than a little bit combative wife. Um, and they don't have a particularly happy marriage, which um, after having done a couple of these uh, Tales from the Crypt episodes now um, solidifies my theory that most of these episodes or stories could just be solved if they just got divorced. Like there's so many um, <laughs> <laughs> like married couple and then one of them ends up killing the other and then there's magic or something. And it's like, you know, you guys could just leave. This didn't have to go this way, but but I digress from that. <laughs> Um, and so there, it turns out that part of what's um, what's straining their marriage is that they can't have kids. And so, although it doesn't seem like it would have been uh, particularly happy before that, but but maybe I don't know. Um, and so it turns out that Corman is on these experimental fertility drugs, um, and they seem to be having uh, more than the intended effect. So. It turns so out experimental. They're not even. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was saying. I was saying. Yeah, so experimental. They're not even approved by the FDA. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that whatever um, Corman is drawing is coming to life, and of course, he works drawing these horror comics um, with these these monsters. So there's been these monster sightings around town. Um, but as we so we follow this at first, we start out in in the office. We get to see Corman as he's got some like some. Um, some artistic drawing drawing block. He's having a hard time finishing, um, and his coworkers are giving him a hard time, and his wife is giving him a hard time, and he's just he's bummed. He's having a bad day. Um, but then, but then, and we get we we're introduced to these these uh, fertility drugs. Uh, but then we see him uh, in what I guess is supposed to be a romantic scene, but it just comes off as him leering at a woman oh, yeah. in the laundromat. Um, but apparently. It was uh, apparently it came off as sweet because they. Uh, this is when he meets the other uh, character, which is a female police officer, who ends up being attacked in the laundromat after Corman leaves, only to be saved by one of Corman's imaginary monsters, um, which starts her on the trail of investigating it. But I gotta say, man, the the police officer character is so flimsy, like she's barely even a character. <laughs> Like she's followed for sort of in she's like the, half she, screen time, but yikes! Yeah, she reminded me of the uh, what is it? What episode? What TV show am I thinking about? Where the all the cops act that way? Um, I don't know. I, I, mean, I can't so remember what I'm talking about. But, like that. <laughs> yeah, CSI. like that over the top. Yeah, the over no over the top like cop like uh, Street like, Blues. Which one? I say Hill Street Blues. I'm just naming off cop oh. shows. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't know. like CSI <laughs> no, Miami it, or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would have yeah. liked a good sunglasses. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but but she doesn't even have that much character. Like at no. least the guy what's that guy's name from from CSI? Hiroshio Sands. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He puts on the puts on the oh, Horshio Sands. Stares directly. The guy from the SNL? Oh, oh, maybe yeah. <laughs> I thought it was his name is Ferocio. I think her, yeah, I think that's right. At least that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, the, the um, name is right, but Herschel Sands is the guy from SNL. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, I messed it up. <laughs> but anyway, so I don't know. Well, they're they're both 
they're both flimsy. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah. the like when when someone does like a uh, flashback, not a flashback, like a um, what is it called, like a fantasy um, scene. Um, like let's say like like in the Christmas story where he, where he like just um, dream daydreams. There you go. That's the word I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. And they, when they daydream about being a cop or daydream about cops, it's like that over the top kind of acting of of a detective or a cop. And I feel like that's what she how she's playing this. Yeah, like a total caricature of a cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Um, which actually, I guess, is a good time maybe to bring up my theory about this that perhaps this whole episode. Um, should be thought of as Corman's daydream because he's mm-hmm. he like he ends up with this this super hot female cop chick falls in love with him after all he did was leer at her in the laundromat and kills his <laughs> wife by drawing a monster. Sorry, spoilers! Kills his wife by drawing a monster that kills her, and the 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 cop is just like <laughs> head over heels for him for no reason. They have like no interactions at all. And then he just like comes on to her and she's like, oh, I mean, maybe, but oh, I'm busy investigating these imaginary monsters, so I can't. And, oh, oh, no. And like he lies to her. He tells her that he's not married. I don't know. It's it's there's a lot of stuff going on in this one. But the fact that she falls for him feels well, like a total yeah. uh, like what it couldn't possibly happen, which makes me think the whole thing is like in his head. Well, I think that, that that's probably a fair interpretation since in the comic, which this one is like not faithful to at all, he just mm-hmm. like mm. he he's the new artist at EC Comics and he cracks under the pressure of them like making fun of him, goes home, is like, I'm gonna work real hard and show those guys, and then has like this crazy waking nightmare where he turns into a werewolf and kills his family, and then he wakes up and he's like, I can't be a horror artist and he goes back to quit. So it's like in his head in the comics, so maybe it was supposed to be. We were supposed to get that out of the show if you knew what the. Yeah, maybe that's like a, a homage to the original. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, because that. I I think that yeah, that with you. <laughs> it's another one too of of tales episodes that's very campy, like the monsters that he draws are very silly. Like the first one is a laundry yeah. monster. <laughs> so the it's only like one that's not monster. campy is Corman himself. I feel like everybody else around him is super campy. Oh, for yeah. Sure. Even yeah. the the people, the, the other, uh, the coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The thing is that in the, in the comic book, and I, I guess we're not even taking, we're not waiting for talk about the comic book. We're just going to go ahead and compare it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, in the comic book, uh, Corman or what's his name in the comic book? Uh, he has a different Corman. last name. Yeah. Uh, he he's the one that's like making all these jokes that nobody wants to hear. Like all he wants to do is like tell jokes, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. in the in the episode, it's his it's his uh, coworkers who are making these pitches for stories, mm-hmm. and they never really we never really hear a full fleshed out one where it's kind of just like just over the top storytelling, um, and then kind of or what is it called like synopsis or whatever mm-hmm. uh, pitches and. Um, it, it gets annoying, but that's how he that's how he was in in the original um, comic book. Huh. Yeah, good point. I don't know. He just wants to tell love stories, man. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm just burnt out on horror. Well, what I was gonna say about the um, about the female cop is the um, first time that that she come, appears and then she gets like. Uh, 
I, I don't know if he was a, a thief or if he was a, a rapist, but when they show the the picture that he drew, it's the same guy. So he, did he manifest the guy as well? Uh, and I never thought about him manifesting the girl, but I was thinking he's the one that caused it to happen because not only does the the monster appear in his drawing, so does the guy. Well, yeah, interesting. I didn't even notice that. I That's a good. I good didn't pick notice up. that either. But that would make sense because that guy was like also just like a crazy caricature of like. Uh, just a nasty rapist dude like this is gonna hurt yeah and he just like he was so like just gross over the t- to the point where it wasn't even serious and then she does crazy kung fu and just whoops his ass and it was so bizarre mm-hmm. i just yeah. i wasn't sure if i was supposed to feel like terror for her or laugh at the situation because she just dispatches him so quickly and then his rubber head gets bitten off and i just oh god it was so weird <laughs> I did like all of the monster designs. By the though. laundry monster, a slime laundry monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the monster designs were pretty good. Yeah. The leaky zombie that comes out of the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah I don't have anything. Awesome. The slime one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the slime oh. out of the fridge. That was one of the, I mean, as just a, a little vignette, that was one of the nicest scenes, I think. We also get kind of a, a precursor to what's going to happen in the next episode. Cause actually the, uh, if you notice that the next comic book has a character that appears on the cover of this, of this story. Oh, in universe in house. uh, Yeah. I didn't notice that I was. Yeah. The, the two headed, the two headed, uh, what did they call him? Or goblin or whatever they call him. Yeah. If you look at the comic book version of the next episode, that's him. Yeah. I do. I do have to say though. I wonder if 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 everything was attributed to the taking of the pills and stuff like that, then this love thing that he's got going on. Because if he's drawing, he drew the the love story arc with mm-hmm. this uh, female policewoman. Oh yeah. Uh, then if he stops taking these pills, which he does because he throws them in the garbage, everything just goes back to normal later, right? Yeah, so if she... Well, I think she does have to exist, though, right? Because we see her interacting with her boss and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, she, she does exist, but I mean... Yeah, he, but the yeah, her feelings are potentially drawn. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good point. That's a good good shout as well. Oh, interesting. He needs to stay medicated to keep the magic going. It's magic, guys. It's magic. It's magic. Mm-hmm. I don't see, know about you all, but I kind of want to see uh, a T Rex driving a Volkswagen. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I sad that we didn't I see like that. It, yeah, so. there's one line too where the yeah the policewoman is like, "Oh, all the monsters that have appeared around the city are horrible." Or there's nothing um, similar about them except they're all horrible. It's like I don't know a, a dinosaur in the back of a of a car is pretty silly actually, especially because we see it and it's like stuck in the car. Like it's yeah. kind of, like a velociraptor like like ambushing you in the back seat. It's like yes, yeah, wearing it like a like a like an inner tube or something, like a flotation <laughs> device. Yeah. What did y'all What did y'all think of the Mildred monster? The Mildred monster is great. Reminded me of Gremlins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It reminded me of Gremlins. I uh, I think coming off of the zombie, it was a little sad because I thought that one was way cooler, but. I don't know that that scene was supposed to be scary. So, I was wondering what what the heck Mildred is wearing. 
But then I go like, they probably needed to find a dress or something that fit on this monster. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we need to we need to match her. We need this is the only thing we can find, so we need a her match. And this is another. Yeah, that I mean, could be. I mean, she's she was goofy and over the top too. Yeah, yeah. I thought it had been interesting if the two were connected together. So like, her drawing, his drawing of her, was really her. Obviously, like I mean, because it is her, and she shoots herself and then all of a sudden like the blood appears on her that would have been cool that would have been good you know i'm just it's hindsight in the background the policewoman comes to to for their little date yeah and here's all the commotion going on and she's just like yeah whatever yeah Yeah. he's like oh we're redecorating and you can just see the fight you hear people screaming yeah yeah (laughs) she just like takes it if your contractors aren't screaming and yelling, they're not working. <laughs> and breaking stuff, yeah. <laughs> Man, Greg, that's no. a super good point though about the uh, about him taking the. <laughs> I the thought drugs. you were gonna say the contractors. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, well, that's a good. That's great too, obviously. Yeah. But uh, like, it would have been actually really interesting if they had basically continued the story until that happens. Like, because he stops taking the drugs, she like turns out she was like under a spell basically of his imagination and then mm-hmm. he has like a, a moral dilemma whether or not he can like continue taking them to continue the relationship because he obviously like you know i don't, yeah. know, if, I don't know if we can say he has feelings for her but he's attracted to her um well she shows up he, she shows back up at the office he stopped taking the drugs and she like looks around and she's like Wait yeah a minute. she's like why why, why I, is yeah, there two yeah. why 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 am I one? Why am I here under like no other reason except to talk to you about this case? And two, mm-hmm. why do you have two dead women in here? Yeah, that look exactly like each other, except for one is a hideous monster and the other one is a dressed up monster lady. Yeah, like we kind of get oh. a happy ending, you know? <laughs> what like, if she is the the T Rex? Because she appeared in the back of his car just all of a sudden. Oh my gosh, she is the T Rex. <laughs> Oh god! Because when she fought that dude, she only used her legs, not her arms. Oh my gosh! Oh, wow, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it comes and full I, circle. She but never you know, folded like I, her clothes. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, we never actually saw any of her clothes. Just that she was doing the laundry. Yeah, short the sleeves. Dinosaurs also don't wear clothes. Short Therefore, <laughs> oh god. Uh, and it like this one continued the trend of like just weird, not great treatment of women when the guys in the EC office are like, What's wrong, Jim? Did your wife lose some weight? And I was like, What the what are you guys saying? Like, yeah. oh god, it was just ugh. but uh the real question, Patrick, is are you gonna start spending more time at the laundromat now? Or is our resident comic artist we'll the laundromat? Um I gotta say that I wasn't particularly inspired by this one, um, oh. but but yeah, but dinosaurs. The di- <laughs> except I mean, for the di- if you go to laundromat, you might find a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the dinosaur. Lady. This dinosaur thread has me intrigued, though. Right, Discordia needs more <laughs> more T Rex. Yeah, my kid. Yeah, will be I like the sounds. What I did like on in the episode is that they tied in in the comic book. It it's um. Who is it? The not the old witch. It's the the vault keeper that tells the story. I think, mm-hmm. and um, he's not even telling the story. He kind of just like moves out of the way and lets the editors themselves in comic book form um, tell the story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like cool. them talking about 
it's them talking about a um, old colleague of theirs that had like the heat. I guess he couldn't um, he couldn't hack it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the in the ser- in the series, it's more of a um, the tel- the crypt keeper kind of telling the history of when when EC first started or at the beginnings of it, right where it was kind of uh, and they had one one editor that was kind of overworked and stuff. Mm. Mm-hmm. So this is really super meta. Yeah, well, that's why it, it is. And there's the like in the beginning too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I was just gonna say that. Um, which kind of, which kind of goes back to my original thought and tying back to the comic that that the whole thing is just a, like in his imagination, or or at least is very meta in that whatever is happening is just. Like we kind of can't read into any of the motivations of the characters necessarily <laughs> because they don't really have any that are justifiable. It's just a happening to happen. Yeah, yeah. Which you could either take as being a very clever meta story, um, or that it's a little sloppy and lazy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure which one's correct. Whichever, I guess. Whichever. I mean, to be honest, right. a lot of the Tales in the Crypt stories are, are pretty sloppy. <laughs> It's whether whether or not the uh, they're able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Do we do we think this one pulled it off? You know what? I thought that I liked this one the least before we watched them, mm-hmm. uh, and I don't think I like this like this one as much as I remembered. Just like okay, it. it wasn't my favorite for sure. No, um, no. no, no, definitely not. But this uh, is probably the third. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have any other trivia on this one. Uh, any, anyone else? All right, so we're going to go ahead and head over to um, to David. Uh, he's going to be talking about the next episode, Season 2, Episode 14, Lower Birth. All right, so Lower Birth um, stars the likes of Louis Arquette, Stefan Gear, and Mark Ralston as well as uh, the Two-Faced Man is played by the director's brother, um, directed by Kevin Yeager, and the writer was uh, Fred Decker, who also wrote Monster Squad, and more recently helped write the Predator movie. Um, so some, some heavy hitters, uh, if you enjoyed that. Uh, and so this, is, this has got it all. This originally aired on uh, July 3rd, so I'm not sure if I would really call it a patriotic uh, episode, but... There is a birth that happens eventually that we'll get to. Um, takes place at uh, the carnival. Um, and so lots of elements of, you know, bearded lady, strong man. Um, and then Mr. Sickle's act is he has Enoch, the two-faced man, um, that used to be a really big attraction for this carnival. Um, but he's slowly losing money. And... Um, the carnival master, uh, Ernest Feely, is realizing that he's probably not going to be able to use the two-headed man uh, for much longer. Um, and in fact, uh, Mr. Sickles isn't that nice to the two-faced uh, man, Enoch, at all. Uh, but then in pops uh, this doctor that out of nowhere brings um, a old relic, a mummy, into uh, introduces the mummy. And um, that revitalizes the whole act. And um, 
brings in more audiences. Um, but then all of a sudden, uh, the mummy and Enoch go missing. Um, only to be found that they have fallen in love with each other. Um, and not only that, but we find out uh, that the Crypt Keeper uh, is, those are his uh, parents. And this is the birth of uh, the Crypt Keeper here. I remember watching this one. And I'm like, what in the world did I just watch? Uh, <laughs> still one of my favorite episodes, though. Uh, and again, all of these episodes are new to me, so I had no idea going in what this was about when Saul was like, yeah, you watched The Lower Birth. And I was like, well, uh, I'm also watching Grey's Anatomy, so I'm sure this will tie in somewhere <laughs> here. And uh, uh, <laughs> it just goes and goes. It's so wild. What do you guys think of this episode? Oh, man. Uh, it was a trip, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> do we... I guess, first of all, do we think that this actually is the origin story of the Crypt Keeper? It is canon to the comic book. It yeah. is canon, okay. Yeah, it follows the... Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to jump too far, but it follows the comic pretty well. The comic itself is also pretty short. The only difference is in the comic, the Two-Faced Man and the Mummy are flipped. So, like, they bring in the Two-Faced Man, who's also dead. And so in the comic, both the Mummy and Two-Faced Man are dead and somehow make a love child. Mm. Totally possible. Totally feasible. <laughs> Magic. Magic. I don't have to explain it. We've already gone through it three times before. <laughs> love can do anything, remember? Yeah. Right. If you draw Especially, it, it'll happen. Yeah, if you imagine, if, if the love is completely imaginary. Yes. <laughs> so I got I to gotta say, too, I found this kind of interesting. So the Two-Faced Man's name is Enoch, which is the name of a biblical character, which I just now uh-huh. Googled because I was thinking about it while we were, like, as we were coming into this one. And apparently it is the, wait, is he the, is he Noah's father or Noah's son? I don't know. I think Noah's father and appears in the book of Genesis. So I wonder if there's some sort of uh, like, if that's, I mean, it's gotta be on purpose, right? Maybe they just picked it because it sounded cool. But if this is like the, the um, genesis of the crypt yeah, keeper. Of the yeah, crypt keeper yeah. There's some some layers going on there. Yeah, no, I th- I I don't think that that's a complete coincidence. Um, I don't know. There there is kind of this like weird biblical feel to the union. <laughs> I guess I I don't know. This this one is just like almost defies yeah. Categorization. Sort of. Oh, there is like a. There's like a cave too, right? And then like the yeah, mm-hmm. the bit the crypt keeper is yeah, life after death. He's rising out of it. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe that's yeah. a stretch. I don't know. There you go. What um, really uh, uh, curiously enough, the um, crypt keeper baby <laughs> looks creepy, right? Yeah. He actually looks so... cuter than the comic book version. <laughs> Oh yeah, the comic book version is just a baby with an old man's head on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just yeah. it's the same size as the regular Crypt Keeper head. Yeah. <laughs> Which that that's also begs to to question how physically does that work? The head would be too big for a baby's body. That's what I'm talking about, people. The <laughs> head it just the head wouldn't be supported by the baby's body. Well, I mean, the they can—they don't do that right now. They—they they can barely lift their heads right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, I think it's funny because you would just much. assume that the Crypt Keeper was just like an old man in the comic that's telling you creepy stories, but then he adds this crazy supernatural history and he's like a weird Benjamin Button demon thing. And then uh, and then in this one, you would assume the Crypt Keeper is like just a reanimated corpse and it's like, no, I was born this way. So maybe he's actually alive and just, uh, you know... Yeah, thirty years old. Right. He's not necessarily a reanimated corpse because he was born with a weird corpse face. So <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, to be honest, I, I, I'm not thirty like year olds. That look, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was gonna say, I, I, to be honest, I, 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 uh, I know thirty year olds that kind of um, look uh, kind of like that already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, I'm yeah. turning thirty this year, and I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm like <laughs> I'm approaching Crypt Keeper pretty quickly here. Oh, oh no! Yeah. Nice, you know. Yep. <laughs> Turned 28 just a couple days ago, and I'm sad about it. Just <laughs> so old. Oh my god! You're making get, me feel get, so old. Uh, get out of here! Yeah, get out of here, Chris. You turned 28. <laughs> well, I mean, David's 15. So. <laughs> right. So oh, David, geez, David's yeah. like uh, extra quiet. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, are they yeah, going to card me again? Old. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been carded in like 10 years. Uh, I wasn't even I carded on my 21st great. birthday. Jeez. I'm old. I'm like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> <laughs> so Enoch in the comic book is the one I'm saying is that uh, is in, in the Corman Calamity, um, he draws a two-headed uh, monster. Mm-hmm. They call and him a two-headed it, troll. They, when they show him. It's a two-headed troll. It's a troll. Is what they call or him. Something? Yeah. So, yeah, I forgot what they called him. But the, the drawing that he has there is of Enoch from the comic book. Oh, interesting. Mm. Or at least it looks like well, it. So, yeah, I know. I think well, in the right. comic, it's so wild because both Enoch and the mummy are dead, and they both come to life in the comic, which is less believable than, I mean, none of it's, it's also in, it's wild. <laughs> Love conquers all, guys. So yeah. 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 Love and magic. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Love Mostly magic. Magic love. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we, we, um, we didn't talk about the... Myrna has a um, necklace that if you t- if you take from her, you become either barren or unable to procreate. Yes. So, with her not having the uh, the amulet that she had, is I'm guessing this is why she was able to have the crypt keeper. She can finally have kids again. Yeah, yeah. So. even though she's dead. Yes, or maybe that's the like. Maybe that's how they were able to. <laughs> to have the crypt keeper maybe it like was not just uh like making people um infertile maybe it was like stealing that energy and then storing it somehow uh, since she had the maybe she was already pregnant yeah maybe yeah, I, feeling I don't know amulets are a theme here in mm-hmm. this series of episodes <laughs> even in one division Oh. Wait, let's not go into that one because I haven't watched the newest one. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. What is this? WandaVision? You don't know what WandaVision is? I, I stay off the internet. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's for another time. Um, it's cool. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm um, not watching it either. Uh, so good. Well, I would recommend to watch yeah. it if you guys can. So. Yeah, it's, good. it's got a witch uh, in it. 
Huh? Just joking. I said the Zach What's it called? Um, any any uh, last uh, words for for the Crypt Keeper's birth? Crypt Keeper's birth. Uh, oh. I mean, I have an uncle Enoch, and we just—I mean, I just assumed his name was Enoch because he had a cone head, but because <laughs> Enoch is cone spelled backwards. But I—I uh, I just figured, and that you know, I come from circus people, so I just figured that was just the, the norm. Um, but then watching this, I, I realized also it's because he's two faced. So I get it. <laughs> I get it now. It all makes so much sense. It all makes so much sense. So Greg is related to the Crypt Keeper? Crypt keeper? No, oh. no, just a guy named Enoch. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. This is the, the only time, or at least a rare time, that um, the Crypt Keeper actually appears in the story. Um, I don't, I don't remember if he does appear any other times, but at least in the in the actual story itself, he never he never really appears. So that you know of, he's in every episode <laughs> behind the scenes, somewhere tucked away. You just don't see him. He's like Waldo. You have to know where to look. That was the crypt keeper all along? Yep. Oh, I do. Um, I have one other interesting tidbit that I thought of when i was watching this one there's one bit mm-hmm. when the doctor talking is talking to the um well, it was like the caretaker quote caretaker or rather abuser <laughs> yeah. of Enoch. um he's yes. talking about caretaker yeah he refers to him as his meal ticket um and i don't know if any of you have watched uh the ballad of buster scruggs the coen brothers series of shorts um that are all westerns there First is time? a yeah, yeah, exactly. There's one of the shorts is is called Meal Ticket, and it's about um, a character. It's who's in a similar like situation. It's this guy who has no arms and legs who is in kind of a sideshow, um, and it's one of the better shorts. Um, and I wonder if they took that uh, took the inspiration for the name of that from this episode. That could be. Oh, that's a deep cut. I like it. <laughs> okay um i think that that covers everything we were going to cover today um any uh anything anything else i want to throw in before we we uh say uh, goodbye to the the ghouls and kitties at home check out our kickstarter if you like yeah. horror comic books like tales from the crypt you will like discordia yeah, we uh, in fact, as of like a week ago, you can now go on our website and order issue zero in a physical copy, and I will mail it to you. Discordiacomic.net. There you go. There you go. I'll make sure to put that in the description of the episode as well, so you can you guys can head out there. Heck yeah! Sweet. Uh, Greg, David, any any last words for for today's episode? Mm, oh. Magic is beautiful. Love conquers all. <laughs> By Discordia. <laughs> yeah. That'll be episode 83. Hashtag love conquers all. <laughs> what is love? Uh, yes. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, uh, like I said, if you guys continue to like these episodes, we'll definitely be doing more. I am. I want to do more 
TV shows, but I feel like since we our name, our podcast name came from uh, a riff of, of Tales from the Crypt, I feel like we have to complete all these now. Uh, I don't know. I'm, we're we're going to be... We've been trying to launch a Patreon for a while now, and maybe we can do some other shows for the Patreon, um, at least initially for the Patreon uh, people, and uh, let them get first crack at the episodes and let us tell, let them tell us what they um, what they want to hear, and um, yeah, may, maybe we'll we'll run it that way. Um, we want to hear from you guys. We want to know what you guys want to hear. We want to know what you guys want to uh, want us to review. Let us know if you want to want to keep us um, reviewing stuff, or do you want to hear more interviews with the creators? Because we definitely want to cater to what you guys want to listen to. But uh, we'll go ahead and leave it there. We'll we'll see you guys next time here. And oh, by the way, before I do sign off, uh, remember I'm going to be releasing quite a bit of episodes here, at least five episodes um, here in the, the next couple of, of months. Um, and they're going to be old episodes. Uh, one with Lyndon White, uh, where we talked about um, the movie. Um, we need to talk about Kevin. That one was in actually in like October, I think. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. That one never came out. That's when it all, everything started happening here on, on my end. And then I try to bring back, you know, come back like, all right, let's, let's do this again. I'm going to go ahead and release that episode. And we're going to do the Christmas episodes. Yeah. And we recorded the Christmas episodes in two weeks, but it was like four episodes. And then, you know, it, it just, in it, you know, life happened. And um, now they're going to be coming out super late. But, you know, as, lo- as long as I'm getting them out, this is all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you guys, thank you very much, Chris and Patrick, for, for joining us again. And uh, waking up at the very early, um, is it even daylight out there yet, guys? Uh, I think it is now, now light. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Patrick, yeah. Patrick is a mole person that lives yeah. underground. by that so. West Coast time. Uh. There is sun yeah, in my house, though. So. My eyes are burning. Patrick is going to go into his basement and bury himself in his little shallow grave. Oh, I'm no. going to draw, draw myself uh, napping and then imagine it to life. <laughs> <laughs> well, this time I am going to go ahead and, and uh, see us out here and sign off. Thank you guys for joining us here on Nerds in the Crypt. We'll see you guys next time. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.